What's up, all my relentless entrepreneurs? We're at episode 12. Is that right? Yeah, that is right. Episode 12. We have uh, one of my best friends in the industry coming on the show, Mr. Jotty Tension. I'm going to put a warning, like a disclaimer on this episode. Uh, This is like a super transparent conversation about the industry between Jotty and I. Uh, Jotty and I have been friends for a long time. Uh, we're way more relaxed in conversation. So you'll probably hear a little bit more language than we usually put in an episode, but that's just because, uh, this is like literally an unfiltered conversation between Jody and I about the industry, about some of our pet peeves with martial arts schools, but also what, what we think some school owners and schools need to do in order just to, to raise the, the bar for themselves to help them reach new levels of success. So number one, I'm going to tell you, this is a super entertaining conversation to listen to. Uh, lots of laughs during it as well. Number two, just, uh, remember this is like, you're hearing two good friends having a conversation about the industry. So it is unfiltered. Um, and then, uh, number three, uh, I'm going to encourage everyone that listens to this conversation to come in with an open mind and understand that everything that Jody and I talk about in this conversation is based on mistakes that both of us have made in running a business and teaching and instruction. So if at any point, if it sounds like we're making fun of it, we're really making fun of it because we've <laughs> hit those same mistakes. Um, and just like it's, it's, part of that growth, right? Like when you look, when you, when you better yourself and you get to a new level, you look back at some of the past mistakes and you, you just laugh at yourself about it. You're like, man, how, how did I ever think that doing that was like the right way to go? Or, or we, we had those thoughts, right? And a lot of that is, is sort of what Jody and I are poking fun at is like, yeah, it, we're referencing our own failures from the past. So I want, I don't want you guys to think that we're, um, talking about anyone in specific when we are are talking about some of the topics that we talk about in this episode. But um, you guys will get to hear it. It's awesome. It's one of my favorite podcast interviews uh, so far. So I'm just going to shut up and let you guys listen to Jotty Tension and myself. Welcome to the Relentless Entrepreneur Podcast. They've been trying me, but I'm resilient for real. Follow your path to success alongside icons. I like all the profit, man. I hardly do percent. And industry leaders in martial arts and fitness. I'm a hard hitter. Hey. This is the Relentless Entrepreneur Podcast. Let's get it. And now, Adam Kiefer. Hey guys, uh, so excited. We got Jody Tension in the house. Jody, what's going on, man? Man, life is good. Just, you know, maintaining, um, doing this crazy time, man. But it's, it's, it's a beautiful time to be alive. So I'm blessed. You're like, uh, you're one of my favorite people in the industry. You're like, like you, I don't know if I'm in the industry, man. I don't... <laughs> well, I consider you in the industry. But you're okay, like, okay. You're, you're one of the few dudes that I can just like, call up and like real talk like without like fully transparent about all the yeah. BS going on and all that stuff and have like a real conversation yeah. where someone's not just trying to talk to me to like say what I want to hear. Yeah, to get yeah, yeah. But well, vice versa, you know, we have we it's it's good to, you know, I always pick your brain about things and ask you about certain things. And this that's we first we've been knowing each other for a long time. Yeah. But to to see the uh the growth of our relationship is is not the same relationship that it was when we first met, and to see what the things that you're doing and, and what I'm doing, it just it, it just as we mature as fathers, men, you know, 
entrepreneurs. So it's, it's a beautiful thing, man. It's been good to see our, our relationship started with a hook kick to my face. And then just man, <laughs> it, 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 but the, it started with love. It started yeah. with love. Hey, that, that's martial arts brotherhood right there. I love you. Yeah. If, yeah if you, kick if, means I love you. That, that's how I knew we were meant to be friends. <laughs> that's, that's how most martial arts relationships start, right? A- absolutely, man. It's the strangest thing. We punch and kick our friends, but that's love. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Like, I know we've been trying to get you out of here for a seminar and, of course, like the the students at our school put me on a pedestal and like think I'm like some like amazing martial artist. I was like, wait till Johnny, I'm like, wait till Johnny comes out here. Like you guys will quickly see that I look like a white belt very easily. <laughs> Man, listen. Hey, you know what I tell you? You know what's so funny? I was having a conversation this morning. Um, I was because you know I have these six o'clock in the morning workouts, right? So uh, yep. I'm gonna I'm tr- I'm actually I'm sparring today, and um. And I could see um, some of the black was getting a little frustrated. And I, and I was like, listen, man, you know, it's all about growing. It's all about getting better. And I was telling him, I was like, yo, my attitude is 51% student, 49% teacher. I was like, it's just it's just all about growing, 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 uh, and just putting yourself around people who can definitely push you or give you different information. So we, all, I told him, I said, we all on the same journey, all of yep. us. Like, you know, people think, you know, because you, you sparring and you win the match, Let's say you spawn with your students and they think, oh, you you, they, you may get the best of them. They go, oh, he's getting the best of me. I'm not getting better. But they are because I can't do what I want to do. Now I have to set it up different kind of ways to get the results that I want. And that's, I'm telling them like, listen, man, that's progress. You don't see it because you just think that I'm just hitting you. But in my mind, I'm going, man, now I got to throw some more things, cut some more angles, hide some more techniques. So it's, 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 it's all about growing, man. That's all. So when I'm down there with your students, the same thing it's just all about all of us just keep growing and growing i love it i can't wait man and i you know i enjoyed our conversation yesterday because i i told you that i've been struggling the last month just with how busy the the business has been and i'm probably using that as an yeah. excuse to be consistent with my workouts and you're like uh you gave me great advice you're like most people are just worried about like looking out of breath in, in front of their students and stuff and and uh putting the ego to the side and yeah. i was like i'm sure i was doing that a little bit and Dude, like literally right after you got the phone, I went and worked out. <laughs> I was like, yes. Hey, you, but, it's, but it's important that I don't, you know, I, I find this, I know this is everybody, but I find this in particular with like karate guys. When I say karate, like, you know, Taekwondo, karate. All of it. You know, yeah. All of it. Like, we always think that they, they can't see the human side of us. Like I had some uh, some boxing coaches come in. I had some self defense guys come in with some knives and and, and, and gun um, disarms. And I was and I said to them, I'm I'm with you. Like the guys looking at me, like, well, you know, since I'm like, no, no, no. I, when are you teaching? You you got the floor, and I'm on the floor training because this is not my expertise, and I want to grow. And I told my students, like, yo, we all on the same journey. I'm just in front of you, in front of the room, because I have the most experience. But I'm still on the same journey with you. And that's I think that's one of the issues is that too often we try to pretend to be the grandmaster in everything. Yep. You, you, you know, that's the crazy part that absolutely drives me crazy. One of the things that drive me crazy about the industry. Wait, I just, I want like an hour of you just like ranting about like, <laughs> you and I can go back and forth for a long time. Yeah. I, so I got I got an interesting question because I don't think I've ever asked you this before. Uh, okay, what what made you want to start teaching? Okay, so this is this is what happened, right? So I'm competing at the time, 
I'm, you know, I'm going to a lot of tournaments. I'm probably at this time, I'm probably maybe doing 20 to 25 tournaments a year. I'm, I'm competing. I don't, I don't own a school. So, um, because I'm competing, um, I needed a place like, well, my instructor lived in Brooklyn, but I'm living in the Bronx. So I was like, listen, I got to get a place where I could just, you know, so when I can't make it to Brooklyn, cause I don't have no car and it's yeah. a 90 minute train ride. I'm like, listen, I need a place where I could train. So a friend of mine named Delgado had a school. So I said, you got any free time that um, I could use your school? He said, listen, you can use it on a Tuesday night. Now on a Tuesday night might've been at this particular time, it was nobody like maybe one person there. At the end of the month, man, it might have been like 30, 40 <laughs> people in there, man. Just I'm just constantly got this group growing. So I had these five kids. Um, it was all brothers and sisters. And I told them I was going to a tournament one day. I'll never forget this. I was going to Ocean State. And I said to them, listen, um, I'll meet you at 7 o'clock in the morning. It might have been 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning. I said, I'll meet you on Sunday at 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning. So I go to the tournament on Saturday, Friday. I, I fight on Friday and Saturday. I win. And I remember, you know, you got the nighttime show. Nighttime show probably ends at 11, 12 o'clock. And I remember getting out of my bed, man, like four or five o'clock in the morning just to meet these kids. And I told myself at that moment, I was like, this is the only thing in the world I could see myself getting up for and it's not bothering me. Like it didn't bother me. That's like, awesome. You know, getting out the bed, but it didn't bother me. Right. And I'm now I'm three, four hours away also. And it didn't bother me. And then that's when I was like, I think that this is this is what I should be doing like this, because it was the only thing right, I could honestly say that I had a true love for with no complaints. That's awesome. You know, so that, I think that's the thing that started me really like opening my eyes, because prior to that, I did not you know, teach. I did not want to open a school. I just wanted to fight. <laughs> you know, and that was yeah, that was definitely the start. That's awesome. I, I never heard that story. I, I was interested because uh, when I had Roland and Dave on, uh, we were talking about like the first time they ever taught a class and I was trying to see if they remembered it. And uh, like most of the people in our industry, it was all trial by fire. It's like someone was sick today. You got to teach. <laughs> like, all right, here we yeah. go. <laughs> no, it didn't happen like that for me, man. I just, I just, you know, those kids and they just opened me up to wanting to start teaching. I was a crazy teacher though. Don't, don't, I had, I had some stuff, but, but that was definitely the beginning. What's the, what's uh what's the craziest training your instructor ever made you do? We we all got those them old school training things. Uh, I I could tell you this. I well, yeah. I I, I had a um, I had to train and monster. We would do a thousand kicks on Saturdays, right? So now this this would a thousand kicks would be. If I said uh, if I said if he said he said I have these targets and that is little circle in the middle. And let's say, let's say we was up to 65, hypothetically. Now, let me mind, mind you this. A double round, like two round kicks, pop, pop, that was considered one. That, was consi that wasn't considered individual <laughs> kicks. And sometimes you have combinations like hook round side, right? That would be considered one. So he, he would be counting. He could be like 65. And if I missed a pad, he'll be like 41. <laughs> bruh, that's bruh, this this is it. <laughs> bruh. If, if I missed the pad again, it'd be like 27. And I would literally be there for I'm telling you four or five hours, man. For 20, 20, 27. I remember getting like to like 93. Pop, pop, 93, 94. Pop, pop, I missed it. 79. 
And it just, it's just like this, crazy. Mother. And I never, I, I could, yeah, bro. That was, that right there was really, but it really, it really set the tone for my work ethic. It really did. But that was probably, I think, the craziest stuff that I had to do when I think about it. If any of my you know, students, he never my had students. me like outside running in the snow or nothing. Well, that's good. Crazy. Any of my students who are listening to this podcast, they're like, yeah. they're like he better not implement that. <laughs> yeah, man. Know. Yeah, that, I think awesome. that was the craziest stuff. I love it. I I, I want to do that with my staff now. A thousand kicks Saturday. No, but you know what? If, if you do that every now and then, it's it's a it's a great workout. It's yep. it's strenuous, but it it teaches you like um like you know what the thing that carried over for me Adam was 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 right now if I do a drill, even if let's say it's not it's my time. And the and and the bell rings and it's sloppy. I'm like, nope, do Doesn't it count. again. Do do we don't end on sloppiness. Do it again. Like yep. it, it really created a work ethic for me that I carry with me to this day, man. It really did. So I've I've been to your school. You have what I call a mat of badasses at your school. Like, oh, thank you. The, so qual- like martial arts quality to me is super important because I think as much as yes. I love the business and the marketing side, like you mm-hmm. can't, if the, the quickest way to go out of business is to market a crappy product, right? Cause then everyone, yes, every, you bring all these people in and the product sucks and then word spreads yes. and the product sucks. And that's the way you got a business, right? So yes. what, what is, what are some of the things that, that you focus on, whether it's like curriculum wise or instruction wise that helps you to generate the, the quality of student that you produce consistently? I think it's like uh, several factors. One of them is I think that the instructor has to be passionate, right? Yep. Like I love to train. Um, even though I don't compete anymore, I still you would still think I was getting ready for a tournament. Like, you know, today I might have done maybe about 16, 17, three-minute rounds, 20-second break between each round, yep. right? This is 6 o'clock in the morning with a room full of black balls. I do this three to four times a week. Just some days it's all drilling, some days it's all sparring, some days it's both. So I think that the first part that I'm still being active allows me to still be relevant with information, right? I, I think that what a lot of instructors don't realize is whenever you stop training, uh, or whatever capacity that is, you, you're dated. So if you if you stop at 89 doing anything on the mat, when you come back to your students, you you coming from a 1989 perspective, right? <laughs> um, and, and and I think the other part is, is that too many of us um, okay, you're going to get your feelings hurt in being a great instructor, right? We all want to make a living. I, I absolutely agree with that. But you have to be invested. You have to know what personalities, who you can yell at, who, who how you can poke the bear, who you can compliment, who works off of ego, who works off of, you know, criticism. Um, and then you have to have a curriculum that allows the information to regurgitate it over and over, over and over, but in several different ways. And I think that I think that the karate model is flawed. And when I say that, I mean that this is what we'll do. We'll have a list of requirements from, let's say we're in a three-month cycle. We'll have a list of requirements um, from, you know, January to March, right? Jan- right? And then when we get to April to June, it's a whole nother skill set. Yeah, we we though, throw away everything that they just yes, did. Yes, <laughs> yes. In the name of, I don't want them to get bored. Then there's a whole nother skill set And then we want to know why they don't retain the information or they're not as good at doing it. So my thing is, what I do is I I ask myself, what do I want my beginners to know? 
right? And then so and I so they have a, a uh, four cycles out of or three cycles before they go to well, this anything under green belt is beginning me. So yep. I have let's say six six eight belts. I have eight belts from uh, white, yellow, orange. Excuse me, I have um four five belts from white, green. So I go okay. I got almost two years with these people. From the, what do I want them to learn? I write what I want them to learn, and I and I serve that chicken. I barbecue it. I stir fry it. I put curry on it. I fry it. I broil it. But I'm serving chicken nine thousand ways. So by the time they so used to throwing a jab, cross, an angle, a fake, a hook round, it doesn't it doesn't change from belt to belt. All right, we still got hook round, but now we got hook round with a sidekick first, or we got hook round with a fake angle, and. This is the other thing I think I do that I think I do a little different. I I I do not I count everything for your belt. And what I mean by that is I, there's certain footwork drills I want to see. Like we don't, we don't just we just go show me the one steps, show me the form, show me the punch, show me the kick, but we never address how did you even get to the position yes. to use that kick or to use that punch. And that's really Really, with the information, we always discuss the ending in karate. Throw the punch, throw the kick. Okay, where are the? Where is the curriculum that shows me how to get to a position that I can use these weapons? And a lot of us do not even address where your hands should be, where your footing should be. We don't even address that. So I think being anal about that and trying to be clever and hiding it is really what is allowing us to have a school full of monsters on the floor. That's awesome. I, I quote you a lot with with our staff training too, because uh, I'm always like, "Hey guys, you're you're trying to get them to tell a whole story without getting them to understand how to form syllables." And I'm like, "Yeah, we, we got to go back, and they got to learn how to sound it out first yes. before we just yes. throw a form at yes. them." So yes, uh, yeah, and yes. that that was completely from you. First time I I heard you say that, I think was when I was at your school. You're like, man, we we got to teach them the word first, and and even before that, the yeah. syllables, and then you the give sentence. them the alphabets. Yeah, alphabets come to words, words become sentences, and sentences become paragraphs. And karate people want to teach paragraphs again because we, if you think about this, right? Boxing, you got a jab, a cross, a hook, a overhand, two uppercuts, two hooks. That's it. That's it. And they spend their whole career. Find a thousand variations. Do you slip, roll, come with the uppercut with those seven, eight moves? And then we wonder why they're so good because they spend a lifetime. But karate guys, oh no, Here, here's year one. Here's a whole different skill set, year two. Here, because we think that they're going to get bored when the key is just really, there's a million ways to cook chicken, man. It's a million ways. But Jotty, Jotty, that's, that's the way I've always done it. That's the way we've always done it. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Oh, bro, listen, tradition is peer pressure from dead people. Yes. And, right. Why would you, why would you walk around as an well, iPhone well, on. one in hold 2021? On. Peer pressure from dead people. That is yes. amazing. It, it, it is, it is, it is. We get, remember when I said 51% student, 49% yep. instructor. Because I all like you know, just give you an example. Let's say some I had a student and they trained with me, and then they left for whatever reason, school, whatever, whatever the case may be. When they come back, they never just jump right back in. It's always wow. Oh, your sensei, you on? Oh, y'all on this now? 
And I'm like, yeah, you, you learn, you unlearn because what what, what I, I found flaws in certain things. I go, we got to fix this. Yep. We always, we always looking for perfection, right? Even You don't never get it, but you're always looking for it. And as you know anything, what was good 10 years ago is not necessarily good right now. The concepts are good. The principles are good, but the approach changes. And that's how a karate school should be. The, yeah. on, the only p- human institution where you don't need to grow and you can do everything the way you did and you don't have to worry about nothing is the graveyard. It's the only place where there is no requirements for change is the graveyard. The only place. Any place else of, of, of instruction, there should be growth between the instructors. And karate guys are the only guys who will debate you, debate you on their new iPhone, debate you on Facebook, debate you on a computer, debate you on an app, debate you in their new car on why tradition should still remain the same despite them doing it on a computer. You, it's not like it's not like they're sending me a message through a pigeon with a note on it like Jotty. We, we are living in a modern day. We are talking on a podcast. Somebody is going to be listening to your podcast. Oh, they're about hurt. On a phone, <laughs> on an iPad, bro, on a computer, in a modern manner, is going to debate you and me on why things should remain the same. That's so, crazy. You, you've, you've heard the joke, right? How many uh, how many black belts does it take to screw in a light bulb? How many? Two. One to screw it in and the other one's to say, that's not how my master did it. <laughs> <laughs> This is exactly this is exactly what we're dealing with as a as an industry, man. It absolutely, you know, I you know I speak to a lot of people, and you know I'm trying to be very vocal with the way I feel about things, good and bad at times. Um, and I get a lot of people, Adam, that send me messages behind the scene that goes, "Chadi, I love what you're doing. I would love to do that, but my instructor or my organization Chappie, or." Yes, yes, the organization won't let me. And Jody, I'm kind of nervous because, you know, it's not tradition. It doesn't come. I never, in all the years I've trained, and, and I love all my instructors. My instructors never kicked me in the legs. I never boxed with any of my instructors. And in we might have did our karate, we never no. boxed. We ne- I never grappled them, nothing. So when, my, when I see my students and I'm doing this with them, I'm like, man, this this is an evolution, man, that, you know, that I'm just trying to continue to grow. Yeah. And one of my instructors, with all due respect, he said to me, well, let me ask you a hypothetical question, a rhetorical question. If it's good enough for your teacher, why is it not good enough for you? This is what he tells me. And I looked at him. I said, you know, I was, I was born in Brooklyn. My mother was born in Brooklyn. She raised me. But then we moved to the Bronx. Just because my mother was born there, do I need to stay there in Brooklyn because that was good enough for her at the moment? We grew. Yep. And I think that's the, and I think that the problem with the growing ultimately is Adam, is that in order for an instructor to grow, he has to become a student again. And we always want to be seen yep. as the master. Who's All the, master? the time, bro. Show enough. It's even the Amish just driving cars, bro. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> Even even the Amish are driving cars. This this is why I love talking to you, Johnny, because we always get into these conversations about like the what's stunting people's growth, really. And I know it may sound like we're just like trying to bash tradition. That that's not what we're doing. We're just trying yeah, to get no, people, no, no, no. people open their mind up to be able to adapt yes. and survive. Because these this is the mentality that allows you to keep thriving 
when yes. there's a recession and when other things are happening and yes. when when yes. other parts of the industry are getting stale this ability to be able yes. to, to pivot and and make things better continually is great and i talk about this with business systems all the time too like just because you create systems in your business doesn't mean they're not going to change yes. every month and they're not yes. going to there's going to yes. be little tweaks made right yes sir so it's yes, having sir. that fluidity right that's awesome jody so you and you, you, got, you look like you got one more thing to say, no? No, 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 listen no? to you. Okay. Listen All right. To. So you and I talked a few times during the pandemic, during lockdown, just about what we've been seeing in the industry. And you and I also, I think we get some more information on the back end that maybe most other school owners don't get just because we know a lot of the consultants and gurus, yes. if you want to call anyone yes. a guru. <laughs> yes. Um, you and I talked a lot about all the shit that was going on during the the pandemic. I want to get your your intake because you you actually you pulled away from all of that because of some of the things you saw going on in our industry. So I, I want to address yes. some of those things now. What what were some of the things that you noticed? Because you and I both talked about this a little bit that we're we're just sort of rolling our eyes at certain behaviors and things happening. You know what, what bothered me? What bothered me um, a great deal is that you know, it, this was rough, man. Like this was this is you know just to kind of give you a little background. Um, I'm in, I'm throwing a summer camp, right? And um, I I throw a, a pretty profitable summer camp for what I'm for what I do, yep. and and I have an after school program. All of that stops, right? All of that stops, and so. And then I'm in New York City, and I, I my school was closed for six months. I couldn't open my school. I couldn't even be inside the building. So, you know, we got about 250 students, and they just, you know, they just leaving and leaving. <laughs> you know, and I can't do. And then I get on this Zoom thing, and then that's a brand new animal for me right yep. there. But, but I, you know, I, I kind of adjusted to that quickly. But, and then I'm watching people start talking about ignore the government. You know, do what you want to do. Don't be held hostage. And I'm like, you know, we we are the same ones with these characteristics on the wall of discipline, honor, integrity. We got this written on the wall of our schools. And I just started seeing, I started seeing the people like who was just in like, I always say this. Those those words are just for our students. They're not for us. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. Exactly. Like, like I'm like substance over symbols. And I started realizing that these guys are just was a whole bunch of symbols. They was just talking like they didn't even have the discipline, bro. Just just, just to wait. Right. Oh, my business is going out and do what you want to do. It don't even matter. And I and and I just started seeing the characteristics of people that was wanted to be rebels and lawbreakers. Just like I, listen, I was feeling it too, man. Yeah. You know, I had to stop a summer camp. And and an after-school program, bro, with over six figures, bro, that I just had to just eat. And I'll mind you on top of that, right, to be be transparent. I had to, I was, this was was in February, the end of February when they were shutting it down. Mm -hmm. I started collecting um, summer camp um, uh, enrollments in January. Once I started seeing when the government was like, listen, man, this is not going to happen until September, I started having to refund that money back. I said, listen, I'm a, I'm going to refund this money back. I'm giving three thousand dollars back, bro. Forty times, bro. <laughs> you, you know what? I'm, you, I'm just like here. 
And I'm just like, wow. And that's money that's leaving my account. Lucky I didn't spend it. Is my money that's leaving my account. My business is shut down. My landlord is still charging me. My landlord is not even giving me any kind of. That was us and I'm just sitting in. And this is the, this is the truth, Adam. I, 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 I lie to you not. I said this to myself, man. Excuse my French. I was like, are you that motherfucker that you said you was? Are you the dude who said that when things get difficult, you're going to find a way? You ain't going to get emotional about it. You're going to find a way. Yeah. And you're going to maintain and you're not going to let it break you down. And, and luckily, this in me common sense, I, had, I put six months of emergency money to the side for my business. That meant that six you. months went six months of rent, six months of car notes, six months of, of payment for all of my staff, six months of electric. I put all of that to the side. I never touched it. Right. Um, I remember two years ago, I had a summer camp. I was like, wow, I was, my, I was like throwing my first major summer camp where I took all the money. So this is going to go to the side in case I ever, if I ever run into something. I didn't even take the money from myself. I put it right in the bank. This is going to go just in case I ever have a, a bad day, a bad month. Then I start adding more and more to it. And when this happened, man, bro, you know, it, 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 it challenged me. But I just said, am I that dude who I said I was? And you know what, Adam? I'm that dude who I said I was. But I ain't break. I ain't fold. I ain't give in. I maintain my staff, their families. I help. You know, I, man. And I'm proud of myself for that. Now, is it things so hard? Of course it is. Yeah. Of course it is. You know, but... I'm like this. All of this is temporary, man. All of this is temporary. Good and bad. When I'm doing really good, I know it's going to be months that I don't do as good. It's all temporary, bro. But when it rains, I got an umbrella. And when it's when and when the wave come, I got my surfboard. So I'm just prepared for all of it because on my wall, it said, it said perseverance. Yeah. Right? It said resilience. That's what it said on my wall. So I was just disappointed in the leadership that I saw that a lot of guys, the emperor has no clothes. You know, Oz, the curtain was pulled down. I thought this guy yep. was Oz. And I'm like, man, you just fool talking car salesman. You know? I think, And I was disappointed in a lot of guys in the industry, man. I think the problem was a lot of the people that we saw coming out and, and just telling people to, to go against the government and reopen were thinking more about the monthly man. payments they were going to be losing. Yes. Those schools yes. having to pause their services or whatever. Yes. And that yes, was sir. their motivation. It was all in their own self-interest. Yes. It wasn't because they cared about yes. the school Absolutely. owner and what repercussions might happen if they do that. Like, yes. Uh, even in our, yes. our area, Arizona is pretty darn open. Like, it's pretty much wear mm -hmm. a mask and carry a gun and you're good, right? So in, yes. in our area, like we mm -hmm. still have the health inspector that comes and visits us to make sure people are wearing masks in there and they will shut people, they'll shut yes. businesses down that aren't. So if we were in that boat where we're just like, screw it, no masks, we're just going to do it our way or the highway. Like we would already been yes. shut down by the health department. And then crazy, I, 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 it pains me to think about how many schools maybe listened to that, opened up too early, got in trouble or got business licenses mm -hmm. revoked or, or something mm -hmm. like that. Right. And yeah, when you and I were talking about that before, I was just like, th th my first thought was like, that is not in the best interest of whoever they're advising. That's in the best interest of themselves. Not, man. And then, I, you know, you know what's crazy? I live, I'm in the Bronx. This is not everybody, but the Bronx is, is such a funny dynamic because somebody who makes $100,000 or could be living next to somebody who makes forty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000. That's the funny thing about the, yeah. the, the dynamic of the Bronx, right? And I have, I have, you know, bro, I have parents. 
Um, our our, our um, summer camp is an eight week camp. It's about three thousand dollars, right? I'm I'm in a, I'm in I'm in an area where people, the average household income household is thirty seven thousand dollars, and I got people giving me three thousand dollars for eight weeks and pay me for karate classes after school is six hundred dollars a month and they pay me one ninety nine for karate in the community I, I'm in. And I had people telling me since they keep the summer camp money, we want to make sure that the school is around when we come back. And I'm like, I'm okay. I like, I really appreciate that, but I did the things in the dark. Yep. I didn't never think this would happen, but that prepared me to maintain myself right now. But I really appreciate that. But just to see people like that, bro, that was that was considered not the the upper echelon middle class is like keep the money, maintain the school, right? And I, I think that. What really happened also along with the crooked uh, gurus is that if you didn't treat your people good before this and you wasn't there for them in the rough times before this, they definitely was going to abandon the shit like that. I was good. I was, and I don't say that I was, I I remember certain parents not having them go, don't worry about it. Our relationship is bigger than money. When you're going through something, we're going through it. Don't worry about it. I remember telling people, hey, you know, I remember I messed up something. If I came 20 minutes late to pick up a kid and I was wrong or whatever. Hey, you know what? The rest of the week is on me. Don't even worry about that for school for this week. I'll take care of it. I was trying to go above and beyond with customer service. And when my business hit that that boom, they still was there for me. They wasn't even taking cloud. We didn't have Zoom at the time. And they still was like, since they keep the money, don't worry about it. And even though I gave yeah. it back, even though I was like, no, it's okay. They still was paying me tuition. I, I didn't reduce it. I didn't say, all right, guys, we going from we going from 199 to 100. I was like, listen, man, I got to maintain my ship and it is what it is. And they was like, don't worry about it. And I think that a lot of us have to get connected back to being on the floor. And as, I, as you asked me earlier, you know, about quality students, you have to be passionate about what you're doing. Yeah. Right. You have to be. And if you're not passionate about what you're doing, we know a lot of people that can make a lot of money doing this. But this is the thing for me, man. And, I, and this gets me in trouble sometimes. Would I join my own school? I absolutely I would. Love you talk about this. Would I join my own school? I absolutely would join my own school. And there's a lot of guys that won't join their own school. They won't say it. It's a lot of guys that will not join their own school, bro. Yep. And I will join my own school. Will I walk down the street with my black belts? Absolutely. You know what? I, I always say that like your your martial arts school is like your baby. Like a lot of people got ugly babies, and they just don't. Yeah. They just don't <laughs> want to admit that that baby is ugly, right? <laughs> like you got an ugly you got an ugly child. It's okay. Yeah, you gotta right? admit it sometimes, so you can. Yeah, man, you're right. You're right. You're pretty though, but you pretty. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's no, your number you're one right, comment right. on all my videos. He's so pretty. <laughs> hey, that's my, that's my, that's the logo, right? That's the brand, which he's so pretty. He's so pretty. You're making my wife jealous, dude. But yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. You know, I just think like, the, like I love what we do, man. I just think there's so many fraudulent people in doing this, man. And I, and I, and I'm not even talking about your ability to fit, right? Like, yep. I remember, you know, this is funny. A guy asked me this. I, I talked to a lot of school owners. It's funny, but a guy asked me this. He says, um, uh, go back to what you said about quality students. And, and he said to me, um, he was like, well, you know, what makes you, you know, 
do what you do. And I said, what makes, he says, he says, there's a lot of, what makes you do what you do? He said, there's a lot of copying that I noticed. And I said, do you have to realize that a lot of students copy other people, videos, YouTube is because they can't get that instruction in the school at all. 100%. Right. This, this is, this is the thing right now in this age of information, you can learn anything on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, right. You can learn anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anything. But this is the thing that you can't get from YouTube and Instagram. You can't get the camaraderie of the brotherhood, the sisterhood over that. So, those are the things that have to drive you into somebody's school, right? The brotherhood, the, the, the humor, the hard work, the sweat, the stories, yes. the, the behind the scenes. And you, I said, you have too many instructors right now who's just trying to give you this cookie cutter thing, get 20 in, get 20 out without knowing names, personalities, what motivates you. And you, and, and you have a bunch of students now who are seeking information in, from people who care, like who yeah. want to feel like, Hey, you, you care about what I'm doing. And nowadays, a person could have 500 shitty students. And we judge an instructor how good he is by what his monthly income is and not what the quality of his product is. Could you imagine a doctor who has 500 clients, but he, he keep giving them misdiagnosis, he keep misdiagnosing them with different things? And but because he has so many clients, he's celebrated. <laughs> and I'm just like, that doesn't, like, we all make money here. Let's be clear. Is nobody broke on this podcast. But some of these guys, I'm like, the only thing you could ever talk to me about is business. You can never talk to me yeah. about karate. And I, I hate how the industry goes, instructor of the year. And I'm going, but you know, I don't want none of my black boys looking like that. Being in the industry so long, I feel like those people always hit the ground at some point, though. Because mm -hmm. they're not able to sustain even that business model without the without the results part of it because i think that's yes. so essential for keeping students long term because if a student's not seeing progress or not feeling progress like they're actually mm -hmm. getting better like noticeably better that yes. that person is going to be one of the first people out the door so i think absolutely they grow those schools to that big and maybe that high of a monthly income but you saw a lot of this even happen when the when uh the pandemic hit right all of a sudden those same people that were like <laughs> we make this, <laughs> yeah. this much money like this it was like that Homer Simpson meme where he just disappears into the bushes. <laughs> yeah, he just going to the bushes. <laughs> that's that's exactly what it was. And you saw a lot yes. of that happening because either yeah, number one, their numbers weren't what they said they were to begin with. And yeah, like, a lot of that. Yep. Or or they they did have great numbers, but they didn't have what you just talked about. They didn't have that the camaraderie or the brotherhood or the community built mm -hmm. in their school. And because of not having any personal connections. It was super easy to for people yes. to leave. Like I would, yes. I was when I used to do business coaching. I would always tell instruct instructors, be like, "Hey, people don't quit relationships; they quit memberships. Like if they're just a member in your facility, it's easy for them to make the decision to stop. Absolutely, they're just, they're just stopping Absolutely. a monthly payment, right? But when you have yes. a relationship and that personal connection with each of your students, now they got to quit yes. a relationship if they want to stop. Yes, because no one wants yes. to lose friends, right? Especially when they're yes. positive friends that are, yes. that are making you yes. better. So. I, I think that's a key to you, it. You, 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 hundred percent right. I had a, I had a student that was, uh, he wanted to quit, and his father. Now, like you said, he could just cancel it. But this relationship between me and his dad, was me talking to him, even in the lobby, hey, what's going on, laughing, joking. Hey, you know, Eric is doing good. So one day he doesn't want to do it no more. He comes to the school. First, he comes to school, which I appreciate. 
came to school, says they kind of talk to you outside. We talking. He's like, he doesn't want to deal with no more. So I look at the kid. And I look at his pops. That's how old are you? He said, I'm 10 since I said, I don't need to talk to you. This ain't even about you right now. This is about your father. <laughs> Me and you have another conversation. You 10 years old, you can go back to school. I looked at him. I said, I want to ask you one question. And I said, you know what? I could normally give you the script of what I'm supposed to say to you when your kid wants to quit. I said, but I'm just going to ask you one question and you get a great answer and I'll leave it alone. I said, because I'm not going to do that with you. I said, give me one benefit of quitting. And he looked at me. He said, I can't. I said, so why me and you outside having this conversation right now <laughs> when you know it's me and you against his bullshit? Kids are going to be kids. Today they like Nintendo. Tomorrow they like Sega. They're going to do this. I said, and no karate class is better than the internet. No karate class is better than the Nintendo Switch or the PlayStation. No karate class. I said, but this is where me and you join forces against his BS. That's why he don't even need to be here. You don't got it. He said, I don't got to even answer. They gave me a hug. He said, I'll see you tomorrow. I don't, I don't get these long scripts and these these little games. Of, but you know why that works is because you have that relationship built with him, right? Mm-hmm. Like if, if there's no connection there or if there's not that relationship and you have that same conversation, yeah, yes. then, you, then you're just the asshole martial arts instructor, right? That's how yeah, 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 yeah. But with, yeah. you've taken that time to build that relationship and that's why you're able to have those really transparent conversations where I think a lot of school mm-hmm. automatically like, man, if I said that, they'd be like, well, fuck you, dude, we're out. So I, yeah, I think, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think that just goes back to show you though why those relationships are so important, right? To, to everyone listening, Absolutely. like having having that relationship. And maybe you're you're the owner that's not in the school, like those of you guys listening to this, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? Yeah, but yeah, 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 freedom. yeah. Then your manager has to have that relationship. Somebody has every, to have it. Yeah, yes. like the the one thing that I love about um, Scott, who works for me at, at, at our school. He not only knows every kid's name, he knows the, the parents by the first name. He knows the siblings when they walk in, the ones that don't even mm-hmm. take martial arts. Mm-hmm. And you, you see all those relationships. And like, uh, yes. I, remember, I remember I used to be like that, but now like being, uh, I'll say a little older, seeing how good his memory is and remembering every family member's names when I they walk it, in. I got it, man. I got it. I, I, I can't even, my, my own three kids, I like call them the wrong names half the time. So I'm like, <laughs> no, that, that's so important because I also see too where parents are like, Man, you you remember their brother's name yeah. once? Like, yeah, they're just like uh, amazed by it. So I, I think there's a lot that goes to having that that personal touch and that ability to to make those connections. So that's awesome. You know, you know, this is I mean, there's days that we you know we have our moments where we we don't feel like doing something, but ultimately you you should enjoy doing this. Like, and it goes back to would you join your own school? Like. And I'm not, and I'm not knocking it. I'm not saying this wrong. I'm just telling you me. When when yeah. I when I opened my school and then um I had this boxing program in there, right? It was doing pretty good. But I hated it, man. It wasn't, it just wasn't, it just was not, bro. I had a lot of people in there. I hated it. And I walked in one day and I told my instructor, I was like, this, we're not gonna do this much longer. He's like, hey, you see all these people in here? I was like, it, when I when I close my eyes and I imagine the school that I wanted, this is not a part of it. I was like, and I'm no disrespect. I ain't. I'm not trying to have 50 people here trying to squeeze into their wedding dress. I'm not. That's not. That's not right. what I wanted. I was like, you know, and I was like, no, we can't do this. And man, I was one. It was like you see money, and I, it was just man, my soul was free, bro. Yeah. Right, like you when you go to your business. 
it has to be a place where it's part of my mental health rather when I go there, man. It's a place where I could express. It is me sharing the best version of me. It is the best side of me. And I can't have anything in there that makes me feel or just or takes away from that. And that was one of the things, despite money, that it just it just didn't resonate with me. And I think a lot of school owners, and I'm not telling them about how not to pay their bills, but you got to find that thing in your school that resonates with you, that makes you want to be in that place. And you know? I also, just to add to that too, like besides maybe like systems or like whatever is taken away from that, but the people is also the other thing, right? You can't have people in your business that make you not want to be there, whether mm-hmm. it's on the on the staff mm-hmm. level or on the student mm-hmm. level. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm really big into the 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 thought that if you want to create a certain culture, you you have to remove those people that are against that culture immediately because yes. that one little cancerous yes. person will yes. spread that cancer like wildfire. Yes, sir. And, and I've learned it over the years by keeping people on too long as employees or by uh, keeping a student around just because like I was thinking about the monthly payment instead of the, that, what that right. but you know what, right. every time I cut one of those people loose, I, I would pay money to do that, <laughs> to, yes. to keep the, yes. the culture the way it yes. is. And it's funny too, because even like with our, with our agency, there's been a few people that I've done the initial call with and they're like, all right, I'm ready to sign up. And I was like, you know what? I just don't think you're gonna be a good fit for this. And I, I almost talk him out of it at the point. And like every, looking back, the the two people I can think of, and sorry if you're listening to this podcast that, that I've done this with, like afterwards, I was like, that was the exact decision that we needed to do to preserve this culture. So you, you I, I gotta think, get your business. Sorry, get, get, I'm sorry. No, I just say I, I think uh too many of us hold on to those people because we're worried yes. about the monthly yes. payment or, yes. or ups or like shaking up like what are other parents going to think? Who gives yes. a shit? At the end of the day, you got to yes. enjoy being in your business and culture. You got to get your business in a place where you can say no. You got to get yes. your business to a place where you can say no. And if this is the thing that people realize. No matter what, we never run out of people. We never run out of people. Like if I, I'm giving, I, I will never run out of people to have in my school. Yep. Right? The Bronx has, let's say, a million and a half people. Just give me 300 of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's, it's just, um, it, it goes back. I have, I remember, or the other thing is that somebody so talented or gifted, yes. you ignore all the red flags because they're a certain kind of fighter or they're a certain kind of. I had a, I had a jujitsu instructor, man, that I had to get rid of because he was amazing. But this guy was not the kind of guy that needed to be in my business. And I just kept making excuses for him. Like, no, he's selfish, but he's so good in jujitsu. And it just, you know, I just had, I just had to let it go because, as you said, it just did not sit well, and it gave me that feeling when I came to work, like this dude, right? So, absolutely, man, absolutely, so, you have to do what's what benefits the coach of your school. You know, it's interesting when when I came into this school, uh, I I ended up taking it fo- fully over in like February, in a while actually mid pandemic. But um, when I first came here, the one thing I noticed there's like a group of five kids that you could tell were the favorites. Mm-hmm. Like they were the, the mm-hmm. teacher's pets, like the the ones that the teacher would give more time to, but they only did it with those five yes. students and nobody else. And it's not that those mm-hmm. five students were paying extra for private lessons or anything. It was just like they liked their talent and they really appealed. Yes, appealed yes, to them. yes. But as as soon as the previous owners left, like those those people, uh, all five of them left also. And immediately after they left, 
so many parents are like, you know what? They're like, I'm actually not sad at all that they're gone. Like they were just so mm-hmm. negative and entitled and, and yes. all of this. Yes. And like it yes. instantly cleansed the culture on its own by having yes. those five yes. people walk out the door. And I even told the, because we had uh, some carryover from the staff that was here. I was like, hey guys, these five people are going to leave. Like I already know it's coming. And I was like, just so you know, I'm good with that. Like I'm good with us yes. starting over and moving forward without that yes, sir. mindset in our building. Yes, sir. And man, it's it's almost been like a breath of fresh air for our parents Absolutely. here. Absolutely. So absolutely. Uh, and even the staff that was here during the care over, like, man, I didn't realize how cancerous they were to the culture and how much they were feeding into it. I'm like, yep. I'm like, that's an easy one. You know, what they say, sometimes you could be you could be sitting in your shit, your own shit so long you forget the smell of it. <laughs> and right. Some, sometimes you in your it's like you know, you're like you getting you getting an enlightening or an awakening, and then you start noticing when you paint the wall, like man, this wall a chip on it like it opens up your yep. eyes to all the other things that's going on wrong but sometimes when you're in that rut you know that that one that one hole in the wall becomes a part of the aesthetics <laughs> right because you're so used to seeing it no that's a memory that's and a memory you right better come back with those disney eyes yeah yes you know so it, it, it's it's it, man it happens on so many levels with students as you said with systems yeah with instruction with things that you have to do as an instructor, you have to get out your own way. You learn, unlearn, relearn. Yeah, I, I love that. And uh, so it, it's funny too, like even on the instruction side, like we were talking about no one wants to say their, their own baby's ugly. So like everyone listening to this, I, I encourage you guys to use instructor evaluations, first of all, for your classes and then give them to mm. your parents to evaluate the classes. Mm. And, and what I do is, so we have them that I'll sit down and fill out for our class, but I also give that same evaluation to parents watching. And I give it to them. I say, hey, I don't want you to put your name on this because I want it to be totally anonymous. And I also want to review these evaluations with our team. They're not going to know who who it was given to or who yes. filled it out or yes. anything. And the way you can help us is being brutally honest. Like, I want you yes. to score this. Like, it's like you're trying to be the hardest grader in the world because it's just going to yes. make us better. Um, and getting that feedback, for the most part, like, the we still get good scores and everything, but there's always those little things that some parents will point out that we just miss because we're so used to it yes. being the way it is. Yes. And like, oh, that that makes yes. sense. That Yeah, that is a good idea that for that we should do this in class or whatever, whatever yes. the parent points out. And that's been super crucial for us to just make maintain a high quality of instruction in our classes because then we're getting that that outside feedback and even like my wife my wife's not involved in our martial arts school at all except for the fact she brings my son to class for the most part she's she's wrestling three kids at home all day but even her coming in and looking at it from her perspective she'll point out things that I, I might miss or don't see from a, a mom perspective, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I think it's it's good to be able to have those people that you can rely on. And especially, I think, getting some brutally honest moms are the best way to enhance your business. Listen, man, oh, uh, you know, in, in the business meeting I was having, I, I explained to my staff that the eyes of a... You, you, ultimately, you have to be aesthetically pleasing to women in your school. Because I remember one time going to a restaurant. My mother was like, I don't want to go to that restaurant. The restaurant was good. I said, why not? She said, the bathroom's nasty. I was like, let me go redo both of my bathrooms, right? And I went to redo my bathrooms. Mothers come in my school. Can I use the bathroom? Sure. They come up. Oh, I like your bathroom. But people don't realize a person, one of the greatest ways to judge somebody how they care about their customers is the bathroom. Yep. 
When I go to restaurants now, I purposely go to bathrooms and I have a conversation. I have a conversation with my girlfriend. Hey, listen, what you thought about this? She's like, you, you saw the bathroom? And we're like, it's nasty, man. Oh, it's nice. Oh, you know, it's, but yeah, all of those things, like, as you said, all, everything speaks, man. So everything speaks. It is, it's so funny you say that. My wife will never go back to a place that has a dirty bathroom. Like, if we go there, she's like, we are never coming here again. But the, the funny thing is, yes. like, so our bathrooms are like really nice at our school. And uh, it was funny mm-hmm. because I don't do any sales anymore, but we had a lot of new students two days ago and I had to step in and do a, a sale. So I'm doing the sale and the mom signs yes. the kid up. This kid's like nine years old. He comes up to me. He goes, wow, your bathrooms are amazing. It's like a five-star hotel. And they I'm like, this is coming from saying. an eight-year-old. And the mom's like, yes, this is really that nice. Yes. And I was like, I was like, yeah. And I was like, they're super clean too. But uh, it, it's funny. Yes. how like, those, those are the things that, get forgotten a lot in martial arts schools, right? They just, they're like, mat, boom. Let's just focus on the mat. And all those yes. little extra things are the reason that people are making the decision to come with you. And, and then also, you get one first impression. You screw that up with a, a nasty bathroom. Mm-hmm. But, but all of it, like you said, all of it is connected. The same way you said earlier, you was like, when we were talking about the students, I said, there are a lot of nuances that instructors don't put in the curriculum. Like, how do you move to the left yep. where your hand should be? Little details that you think that you don't have to say, but that's still your bathroom. That's the, one part is physical, then the aesthetic part, all those little things that you you have to, you absolutely have to address. I have a crack in my towel. So on the 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 um, the guys coming in, um, the contractor to change the whole floor. I'm gonna listen, man. Just change my whole floor. Don't give me no one tile that almost look like the rest of the tiles. Change my whole floor. But see, this is what we do. Like yeah. we we could we could try to cut corners, but when you when you're dealing with people who are spending money, they're very critical and they'll sit in your lobby. They're sitting in your lobby and they're looking at your pipes, your walls, your TV. Right. And I'm not gonna tell somebody in a in a community that's right now the, the average household is thirty seven thousand. You should be paying me two hundred dollars a month. That's a sacrifice. And I'm going to give you a, a light gray beige tile that almost looks like my other tiles. Yeah. We're not doing that. Change the whole floor. That's and it good. sets a tone, right? It sets a tone because I want to, I want to, I want to put you in a position that you feel like, man, I'm getting worth more than what I'm paying for. Yeah. Right. And I, and and that and that and that's ultimately, you know what I want to present in my school as well as the instruction on the floor to the way I deal with people. And it took me a lot of time, Adam, to come to that revolution, the evolution of, I remember a lady walking to my school. I was training. I had my shirt off. I was training. She comes to the school. I'm walking to her all sweaty. Wait, hold on. Did she, when she saw you with your shirt off, did she instantly become pregnant? Yes. No, brother. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. <laughs> but I'm walking to it with my shirt on, all chocolate and dripping. Right? <laughs> the chocolate empire is walking towards the door. And I'm sitting there with my shorts on. I'm like, how you doing? She's like, I'm interested in my son. And I'm like, okay, here's here's the schedule. And I think about how stupid this was. So then she says to me, Oh, um, this school smells like feet. And I looked at her and I said, it's a karate school. What you think it's supposed to smell like? <laughs> wait, 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 hold on, bro. This is the stupid line I said right after. I said, what is this supposed to smell like? Sweat is the lubrication of champions. What a st- stupid remark that I made. 
I never saw her again. But what a dumb when I think about because 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 only thing that matters to me what was going on was on the mat. But you got to grow up. You, and, and, and that started happening also by meeting different people who knew more and, and people like yourself doing things what you're doing. And I had to open my mind up and let go of what I thought traditionally was the way to do things. And from that moment, from that moment on, man, we just we just grew, bro. We just grew. So since we're talking about aesthetics of a school here, I think this is I, I want to talk about a couple of my pet peeves Uh-oh. that I see in every martial arts school. Okay. Number one, okay. folding chairs. We're asking someone. I don't have any of those. Yeah, I know you don't. That's why I, I feel okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, uh, Michael Perla actually had a really good saying about this back in the day. He's like, you can't ask someone to commit for a three-year membership when you can't commit to seating. <laughs> so, it's so like, you got to have to make a long-term commitment. But also, like, the perceived value, right? Like, if I go to a nice hotel... There's no folding chairs in the lobby, right? It's not mm, like they got folding chairs mm, out. Great point. Never thought about that, but great point. If, if I walk into a hotel and they got folding chairs in the lobby, I'm going to be like, how much am I spending per night to be here? Yeah, and like, great like, point. Thing. Great point. And it's, it's funny. It was the first thing that we changed when I took over because they had folding chairs here. And uh, we got these beautiful hand, handmade benches made now. And the, the, for, as soon as we changed it, Every parent was like, this is, a, this is like our favorite thing that's ever been updated in the school and like all this stuff. And it was like, yes, man, it was such an easy wow. fix. And then I, I think too, school owners, you guys get in your head about the cost, right? And not thinking of it an investment. When you make those type of upgrades, that is an investment every single time because you're providing a better service mm-hmm. in the end to your clients, but also mm-hmm. they see mm-hmm. the money that they're paying you getting reinvested into their experience. So that, that's mm-hmm. huge. Yes. Second pet yes. peeve plastic hangers on, on t-shirts and crap that you're trying to sell to people. So you said plastic, what plastic hangers to hang like apparel. Oh, okay. Yes, 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 yes. yes. So, got you. Got you. Same, same concept here. If, if we want to be charging 179 a month, whatever you want to charge, like you can't have people walk in and look like it's your closet. And then you're trying to charge them for apparel hanging on the same hangers that you use in your closet at home. Not to mention, I've seen some schools that have the wired racks like made for closets. You know what I'm talking about? Like those white wires. Yes, yes. Pro yes. shop. And it's like, all right, you took your you took your bedroom closet from home and just stuck it in your school and want to stack crap on it for people to buy. Like invest in wood hangers or like some nice black hangers or something that aren't plastic. It, it's it'll yes. be worth it. It makes everything look like it's it's more uh it's yes. worth more right. Um and then also, like, yes, sir. your pro shop, don't look at, God, I don't even know where wire racks came in, but don't look at, like, pawn shops as your example for how you structure your pro shop. Like, no glass cases, yes. no wire racks. Like, you don't, you're not showing diamonds and fabric yes. eggs and Rolex watches. You don't need glass cases, <laughs> right? Like, walk into, walk into Nordstrom. Go to, like, Neiman Marcus and just look how the apparel yes. is presented. Look at the type of shelving that they have and just mimic it. And we paid like we paid a, a handyman. So we didn't go through like some super expensive company to build our benches. Cost us seven hundred dollars to do all of our benches with like custom color, colored seating to match our, our branding and all that. And 
Nice. At the end of the day, nice. that was the easiest investment we ever had to make back into our school was just upgrading it and, and finding the right person to do it. So don't ever think that you have to like hire some company that's charging thousands and thousands of thousands of dollars to professionally redesign. Mm-hmm. Everything. It's like there, there's shortcuts and ways around it to still make it look good and still make it cost effective. What are you, what are your pet peeves, Jody, that you see when you walk into a martial arts school? Uh, I hate smell. Uh, That's the one thing that you, um, okay, this is everybody's different. I just don't, I don't don't know if this is, I just don't like mirrors. I don't know. I don't know. Hold on, say that. Mirrors. I don't, I don't know if it's a pet, pet heave of mine. Mirrors. you, you, You broke up. I didn't even hear what you said. So what was your pet peeve? Oh, I, said, I said I said mirrors. I, I don't know. I think I think oh, I don't mirrors. know if mirrors are my pet peeve. It's just yeah, I don't know if that's a I just I don't know. Maybe it's just something I just don't don't do. Um, but maybe because many times people flying in mirrors, right? But um I would say smell is something that bothers me uh, a great deal. Um oh I hate beat up mats. I hate, I hate oh, okay. Okay, no, Mary's not peppy. Okay, now I, I got you I, next. Okay, I, I, I got next too because you got me going now. <laughs> okay, the beat up mats, and I hate when I go to school and they don't have enough pads. Or when, when there's a, when there is a school with eighty six students, two hundred students, and it's four pads, drives me insane. <laughs> that Especially was, if the that pads was our ripped when I took it up, over. drives me insane, bro. That's what I hate. When you don't so, have no, no pad, it drives me crazy. So when I first got here, there's like five mitts. Well, not mitts, like the square pads. And then there's like <laughs> five five kicking shields. And I'm like, yes. how do we, Yes. Uh, what are we supposed to do in class? Like ever just share? Only four lines for the entire that, class, bro. guys. I hate Take that. turns. Yes. Hate that. That, right. that. that drives me crazy. Don't have no rugs, no carpet. Oh, yep. carpet too. Carpet too. No carpet in this school. <laughs> Yeah, oh, man, that drives right. me crazy too. How about bro. tape on mats that looks like it's been there since 1983? Man, just that's all part of the beat up mat, bro. Yep. That's or, all. I hate I hate it. And if you're going to have white mats, which is a risky decision, but I've seen it work. Please, you got to have them clean their feet I like, only saw that in um uh, jiu-jitsu art, school in yeah, San art Diego. Of jiu-jitsu. So, you know why it works for them? Beautiful school. I love that school. So, Art of Jiu-Jitsu is the school that we're talking about, run by the Mendez brothers. Um, but one thing that they do in there is they have this foot cleaning station that you have to use before you go on the mat. So, that's why they're able to keep mm. it so clean. So, there's, there's a school mm. I've, yeah. I've been to that has white mats. No one's required to clean their feet before they go on it. And I remember that my first impression when I walked in the door is I just see dirty feet print all over the mat. Wow. And I'm just like, wow. man, from... If that's disgusting to me and I'm a dude, like mom's walking yes, in there. Yes, yes, yes. They're going to be yes, like, uh, yeah, I yes. don't think so. Also, uh, yes. so my, my other pet peeve in, in schools is when it looks like a, a, a town in like uh, in Chinatown, like looks like one of the stores in Chinatown where there's like mm-hmm. dragons. Oh, see, see, now and, you opening up the doors, bro. Yes. Like, it's just like you walk <laughs> in there and you're like, all right, is this like a shop from Chinatown. Like I get yes, it. Like Marshall yes, comes from Asia, yes. but it like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Another one is this trophies in the window. 
Yep. Oh, the, 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 they got the hey, but 5,000 trophies. Hey, the dust oh, shows how good bro. they were in 1975. Man, listen, this one lady thought my school was a trophy shop, my first school. <laughs> she thought I was a trophy shop, bro. I had all these tro- I had all of these trophies in the window, and I'm just like, I would never do that again, man. I would never. That That's another thing that uh was uh, that bothers me, too. But Or when I can't even see inside your school. I hate that, too. Yep. I hate, I, I, it make, it, it's not welcoming. It makes me feel like I got to go, okay, all right, I'm going to build up enough confidence to walk into this place. Very unsure enough. Let's like put another obstacle in the way. Yes, exactly. That's that's so, another thing that would drive me crazy. So the trophy schools, which I, I, I know there's people listening to this podcast that are like, screw you guys. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's cool. You, hopefully yeah. you come back. Maybe not. I'm yeah, sorry. Right. Um, but the trophies in the window thing, I think that's the, to hide the insecurities of the quality of your students. It's like, mm. you know what? I out of all my students, like me and like two other ones are amazing. So yeah, we, we, all yeah. their trophies in the front. Yeah, that way everything else that you see on the mat doesn't really matter because we yes. got all these trophies up here. Yes, yes. And you and you immediately telling me that about competition. I didn't ask you for that. Yep. You, you know, like that's the one thing. That, like I don't. You know, it's so funny. And I don't know, I don't know if this is always good. I don't even talk about what I've done. And it's so funny. This and this happens often. Somebody yeah. will be in my school and a couple of months have passed and they go like this. Sensei, man, why you didn't tell me you was that good? Or they'll say, I heard about yeah. you. And I go, because it's, that was for me. That was my personal thing that I wanted for me. That's not for me to put that on you. Right. If you want to yeah. do that, we can we can we can have options to do that. But that's not what I that's not what I wanted you to know first when you met me, you know, because that that's a self competition is a selfish thing. It is for me. Yeah. I didn't do it for my school. I did it for me. Right. So, yeah, that took me a long time to grow up into that, too, as well. So it's funny you said that. So we are uh, probably about six months ago, we we hired an instructor from the outside. So he was uh, he takes jujitsu. He's never instructed. And I was like, well, I can teach that skill right personality and everything. We bring him in um, and he's adapted great, but he had such big insecurity about being a yellow belt or a white belt in our system and teaching other students. They mm-hmm. constantly talk about himself and about his martial arts history and stuff and all of that's, this. That's, every that's, single person. So I, I had to bring him to the office and I was like, Hey man, I was like, I was like, I, I get it. You're, you're a white belt or a yellow belt or whatever he was at the time. And I said, I know the confidence isn't there yet with when you're assisting classes, but no, no parent out there cares about the belt on your waist. What yes. they care about is the experience that's happening on the mat. And I'm like, yeah. I don't have, I'm not having him like teach full classes or anything. He's just helping. He's making sure there's yeah, 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 yeah. You that type of stuff. Yeah. So I said, let me ask you this. Uh, how many tournaments have I won? And he's just like looking at me. He's like, I don't know. And I was like, all right. I was like, what did I place to the world championships? I, like, I don't know. I go, you know why you don't know? He's like, well, you never talk about it. I said, exactly. I was like, no offense. No one gives a shit about that. All they give a shit is about what's happening with their child on the mat and the experience that we're providing. Like yes. what I've done, what I've done in the past, what you've done in the past, no one cares about yes. that. I'm like, if they yes. ask about it, cool. Talk about it. Yes. But if yes. it's not solicited, keep it to yourself. Save that for yes. you and focus on making their experience yes. amazing. And, and I think that gets missed by a lot of martial artists. And I think part of it is, and I might offend someone here. I'm sorry if I do. But a lot of martial artists, when they started, they were not the cool kids in high school. They were not the cool kids in middle school. So they were never put on this pedestal like they are as a martial arts instructor, right? 
So what happens is, and this is just my, my theory on this, we get lifted up on this pedestal that we've never been on before. And because we're on this pedestal, all of a sudden the ego inflates huge, right? Cause it's a, they're getting the endorphin rush that they never had in high school. Cause they weren't that, that star quarterback or, or whatever in, in school. So now they're getting this endorphin rush and now all of a sudden it becomes about them instead of about the people that they're teaching and the experience. And, and I've seen that take over, so many schools that are shut down too, right? You are teaching the truth right now. You teach, but that opened a can of worms, right? Because yeah, you, you listen. This, I was talking to my brother Keith McKinley. He's a lawyer, and he owns a martial arts school. And I said to him, I said, you know, karate guys will use no disrespect. Will use rank to control you. They will use kata and rank to control you. And when I say that, I say not kata's back. If yep. you want to know the, how to learn how to take a pebble out of my hand, you must learn this form that only to be this belt, I can give you these eight secret bunkai moves. And, and it goes back to what you said of people who would have never been generally picked for anything else overcompensating in karate. And a perfect yeah. example of that is this. You could go into a wrestling arena and see guys 6'6", 240, 250. You can go to basketball. They get the best athletes. How many 6'6 six, six dudes are in our school 240? How many? How many? You maybe, go to a wrestling... You go a to a wrestling come on, man. How many girls are in our school 6'1, six, 6'2? Six, you go to a basketball game on a high level, you'll see that kind of those yeah. athletes. You go to a wrestling game, you're going to see 6'7. Go to a basketball game, you're going to see 6'8. Go to box and watch the top heavyweights. These guys are 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. Go to karate tournament and watch the heavyweights. 6'1", maybe, maybe. 5'10", 300 pounds. We don't, if we're going to be 100, if we're going to keep it real, this is, why, this is why we have to build them up more than worry about athletic yes. ability. Because we're not dealing with them, the best athletes leave us to go play baseball, basketball, football, we have to build up the people that we have. And as you said, nobody cares about your rank. They just care about how you make them feel. If it was all about everything that you taught, they would have to come to your karate school because they can learn it on YouTube from somebody who's nicer, kinder, who's not going to yell, and they can do it at their own convenience and for free. So if they're going to come to me and you, then it has to be something greater than just your physical yes. attributes and what you want. Yes, that, yes. You know, you being a world champion is like rims on a car. It adds to it, and it is nice. But I don't need it to drive. I don't yeah. need it. I don't need to be, be trained by world. Most of the, if you think about it, most of basketball coaches were never that good. Most boxing coaches can't beat the athletes that they're yeah. coaching. So it's about you having information that fits with that person's personality and character that makes them want to stay with you. And what you just said is 1,000% right, bro. You get these guys who would never anything at anything. They finally get to be seen, and now they're losing their mind because now they grandmaster. You know, man, but that's a whole... Man, you're going to get me in trouble, bro. That's right. We'll master so-and-so. But yeah, I, so I, I think that that is a, a huge issue. And I'm not saying yes. everyone... I'm not saying everyone in the industry is like that, but we, yes, we see that it is a problem in the industry, right? And we yes, see that pretty is. often. And yes, um, it makes me also respect more of the people that have a competition history like yourself. And even like a lot of the clients we have are like ATA mm -hmm. world champions or NASCAR world champions. Yeah, yeah. But 
you never hear them talk about it. Like they're, they're just focused on making their students great, making the product great. And that, that I think is a great example for the rest mm-hmm. of the industry. And mm-hmm. it's something that I, I want to see more of as well. But, um, God, I always love these, these chats, Shadi. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's going to get people talking to which, which I think, hey, you know, it's just two friends really talking. And, uh, like I said, man, we've grown together, bro. I, I, we yeah. went from competitors to business owners, man, to when you, when you was doing the game nights, man. And then we talked about the game nights and then you went on to, to help schools. You even giving me advice, right? So it, just to see that you've grown and none of us, man, none of us is everything, right? I'm no. not, you, none of us, but you know, um, I tell, I was telling my, my staff, I was like, yo, our school has to be a, a community. I said, in the community, the fighters are the protectors. Yeah, they protect the integrity of the school that you can show that you can transfer information. I said, but you need the librarians. The librarians are the people who remember every technique, every form that I forgot, every combination that I. The librarian just remember everything, right? Then you have the person that who who's like the the politician that when people walk in the door, hey, how you doing? Kiss babies. Yep. How you feeling? They make it. <laughs> you, you 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 know you have to have everyone. You have to have the mayor, the people. Because I told a guy. One of my students, you know, the ones that are really good, I'm like, stop thinking, stop looking for yourself in every black boat in here. Do you realize in the army there are some people that their only job is to fix the cars? There's some people in the army that their only job is to serve the soldiers' food, but they still are part of the army to make the machine work. You you could be, as an instructor, you could be the engine, but you ain't going nowhere without no tires. You could be the engine and got the tires, but you ain't going nowhere without that little $15 steering wheel. You ain't going nowhere. Everybody contributes to the machine running. And if it's always just about you as the instructor, because you the engine, it, everybody has a part in the community in the school, which makes the unathletic kid come to the school, which makes the chubby kid come to the school, yeah. what makes the shy girl come to the school, what makes the great athlete come to school. It has to be a place for all of us. And, 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 and I think that's one of the things that instructors have to get past uh, the me, 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 me stage. And it has to be about us, us, us. Go where you celebrate it, not where you tolerate it, right? So that's what I'm trying to do, at least in my school. You know, I try to make it, man, I try to yeah. make everybody have a good time. I try to make sure I touch somebody at some point. I, I funnel through all the classes at one point at a time. There's some classes I, I don't teach as much. But at some point, bro, I make sure I get in there. All right, guys, let's go just to give them the experience of myself, you know, sometimes in certain yeah. classes, right? Again, some classes I'm not, I'm very, but I'll make sure at one point in time, we will interact with each other, yes. right? So, you know, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. It's not one, just one thing. It's all little details. And just to everyone listening to this too, if you're getting pissed off at us right now, it's most likely because it's something you need to hear <laughs> and you're having yeah. trouble wrestling with it, right? Like, yeah, I've gotten great advice through my life where when I first got it, I was like, man, screw this guy. Like, yeah. And yeah. Then, then I get back home and I'm in the quiet and I'm thinking about it and I'm like, shit, what if he's right? Like, what if I, what if I am doing that? And then yeah, what if start, that guy is me? Yeah. You deconstruct it. And then you're like, man, he's right. Like I, I should be pissed at myself, not pissed at the person delivering the message. And like the Absolutely. best mentors, the best mentors I've ever had in the life in my life are the people that told me what I needed to hear, not what mm-hmm. I wanted to hear, because those are the people that push me towards growth and towards 
making the changes that I needed to better myself. So hopefully if you're listening to this and we're pissing you off a little bit, hopefully that's a good thing that sparks growth and sparks a pivot or change because I, I think it's needed a lot of times. And none of us started here. Like we, 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 we spoke earlier about how we started and I'm talking about how I had, I walked with a smelly school and I had my t-shirt on and you yeah. know, I was just this guy that, you know, I remember having, I remember being the number one fighter in the country in, in the tournaments, like tournament scene, right? I'm the guy, bro. I'm that guy. And I, ha- I would come back to 50 students, man. I remember being that guy, man. And my monthly, my monthly check was $5,000 on a, on a good day. I remember asking for help from a guy named Anthony Arango. And I, I said, I would like, he's this, he came to my school one day. He said to me, you know, you have so much potential, man. He was like, you should be doing better. So I'm like, I'm going to come to your school. Right? I'll go to his school. He said, bring your curriculum. Bring your first three belts to me. I bring them my little list, my first three belts. Now, now, let me keep it real. I made, I, I had to write down my first yeah. three belts because it wasn't <laughs> right. So I bring the, the paper down. I'm like, here. So he looks at the paper. He looks at me, he looks at the paper, and he says calmly, Jody, um, can I be honest with you? I said, yeah, he's saying, you're not going to be mad at me? I said, listen, no matter what you say to me, I'm not going to be mad at you. That's why I'm here. He said, you see this curriculum right here? I said, yeah. He said, that's your ego. He said, your ego is all in this curriculum right here. You got first belt, two cotters, hook round, 10 self-defense, axe kick. They got to know all that because they Jody Tension students, right? They got yeah. to represent what you do, right, Jody? And I was like, yeah. They jotty tension students. They represent. And you know what, man? That thing was killing my business, bro. I had 50 killers, bro. You know what? I had 50 killers, and it seemed like I had 20 yellow belts, 20, 20 white belts, three orange belts, two green belts, <laughs> one blue belt. And this was my excuse. They just wasn't tough enough to get through it. Instead of going... Motherfucker, why you got them learning 90 cotters a night for their first belt? Like, instead of me addressing me, yep. and I will blame it on them, you uh, know? Sense, so man. we all grow. So if somebody's mad, man, we we speaking from experience. We, yeah, we've, we've been there. That's why we can make fun of it now. Ab- absolutely. We've, we've made, yes, sir. <laughs> we've made all those mistakes. Um, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I love it, man. Jody, hey, I, I just want to thank you. Uh, hey, man, it's always great talking to you, man. Yeah, I always have fun with this. And special announcement, Jody's going to be a speaker at our Relentless Membership Summit at the end of the year. Oh, man, don't be mad at me, guys. I'm looking forward to just keeping it real with you and just tell you some of the things that I did to make myself, my school successful and some of my stories. And I'm sure no matter where you at, you can relate to some story that I'm going to tell you about how to change my life and my business. And dude, not, not only do you always drop like really good information to apply, you do it in the most entertaining way possible where people are just like captivated when you speak. And I, I've seen that at the seminars that you, you've taught before where like no matter what level of students, students that love sparring, students that hate sparring, all of them are like just captivated when you speak and like take and hold that. on to every word. So I'm, I'm excited for you to speak at the summit. And I think um, you're going to be able to to bring a, a fresh, real aspect to it. And and don't forget to tell them, if you come earlier, we're going to have a seminar and then we're going to have the business seminar. So if you can, come early. 
All yeah, right. What's it up? What's <laughs> Jotty Tension Experience in the house? The Jotty Tension Experience is going down, okay? It's not, and we don't cater to the athlete. We cater to and We teach intelligence. We teach decision-making. That's what we're teaching. Concepts and principles. <laughs> All right. I love hey, you it. Know what? As always. That's my bell ringing. That's probably my UPS man. Hold All on. Good, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was Johnny Tension. Thank you guys for joining Thank us. You, we'll catch you next time. I told you guys it was going to be a good interview, right? Um, you can tell Johnny and I have had a lot of conversations about the industry and just about Man, our, our entrepreneurial journeys and our journeys as martial artists. And uh, I really consider Jada to be one of my closest friends in the industry. And um, when we were putting together the speaking lineup for our next Relentless Membership Summit, I knew that I wanted him being there. And I wanted someone giving real, transparent thoughts and information about what school owners can do to make themselves better, to make their students better, their staff better. And uh, Jotty was a no-brainer. We'll be dripping out other speakers. We have eight officially booked so far for the Relentless Membership Summit. Um, so we'll be dripping out some names over the next few weeks along with the new location because we have outgrown the last hotel. So we're, we're going on bigger, better, fancier things. Uh, coming up for this year's Relentless Membership Summit, which will be in November. So I'm going to be excited to deliver all of the guest speakers we have. Uh, a lot of new ones this year that we didn't have last year, so that'll be good even if you went last year. And then also, we have way more speakers from outside the industry this year as well uh, that are going to be able to bring a lot of value and, and even uh, combat some of the thinking that we get stuck in in our industry and, and really get us to open up our minds uh, to new ways to reach success uh, with our martial arts schools and our fitness studios. So uh, I'm excited for all you guys to hear that. But again, smash that subscribe button and uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode.